real quick, Scott's bummed about the humidor. And pick your milk for breakfast cereal, Mount Rushmore. Baseball Eve. What's up, everybody? This season starts tomorrow. Holy cow. Welcome to the show. It is uh, March 28th, and we are very excited. We're going to give you some week one help. You can get all the week one help you need on the website on cbsports.com slash fantasy slash baseball. I'm Adam Azer. Hello, Heath Cummings. Hi, Adam Azer. I have a piece of content for week one on the website. It's waiver wire before opening day. You should go check it out. Hello, Scott White. Hey, nobody's going to get a chance to use the waiver wire in the podcast for the People League since we're drafting at the very last minute. Make sure you can fill out a lineup. If you draft Justin Turner as your third baseman, you need a backup because there's no waiver wire. That's happening. a good point. That's a good point. Heath's going to yeah. have to do something about that as the commissioner. Hello, Chris Towers. I'm not doing anything about that. Well, uh, when wait, you said whoa. Base- really? Really? You have to do something about it. I will not. I don't think you can do anything about it because I don't think you can set waivers to start the next day so Maybe then just let just people do drops. free ad drops until lineups lock on thursday i'm pretty sure that league has free ad drops because it's one of the things that drives scott crazy about it okay I good have, it should have free ad drops. like i think you can just pick it players is. up in the middle of their games sometimes sometimes he's no. just looking to needle me and he misses the mark no you cannot pick up play oh maybe you can't pick up play all right anyway hey chris towers Hi. All hey, right. when you said baseball eve i started thinking about which baseball player is most likely to have the little bear paw print tattoos on their chests, like the uh, musician Eve. And I think it's Bryce Harper. I have no idea what you're talking about, but no. I am Baseball Adam, and you this is Baseball Eve. You guys don't remember the musician Eve? No. 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 I remember. the song with Gwen Stefani. Sing okay, it. great. Yeah, Let me it. blow your mind. Uh, is that no. how she sang it? Because it doesn't sound like a very good song. Let me blow your mind, I believe, is the uh, official okay. title. All right, uh-huh. let me blow your mind with some uh, spring training risers. Yeah. So, look, it, this is not necessarily about drafts anymore. This is about players. Some Okay, some of them are are, are owned in 100% of leagues. But a lot, a lot of players we're going to talk about are players you could pick up on your waiver wire, like Ryan McMahon. And some closer news as well. We have that for you. We have week one help, as I mentioned. We have, I want to talk a little bit about head-to-head categories. Uh, but here we go. Two of your favorite spring risers, Scott White. Luke Weaver. Yeah. I believe you can get me through the night. Oh, finish it. We just did. did. I just did. Yeah, come on. All right, go ahead, yeah, Scott. Um, felt like in his debut, as impressive as it was, it had kind of a bumpy finish there last year. He felt like he got a little too fastball changeup heavy. So he worked on his breaking ball in the offseason. It's kind of a slurve ball, he calls it. Um, but coming at, coming at hitters in the weird angle he already does, it gets movement hitters aren't used to seeing. And this spring, he put together a .65 ERA, .67 whip, 19 strikeouts in 16 and a third innings. I was already excited about Luke Weaver, but, um, I think there's a chance he's, I, I'm, even with Carlos Martinez there, I think he's a chance, there's a chance he's the Cardinals best pitcher. This year, and um, in the latest version of the tiers, I moved him up a whole tier. Yeah, Luke Weaver had a 3.88 ERA last year, but he had a 2.05 ERA before allowing 14 earned runs, 
in his final two starts in seven and two-thirds. He ended up pitching 60 and a third in the majors last year with 17 walks and 72 strikeouts. Very excited for Luke Weaver. Right now, if you were drafting, Luke Weaver or Luis Castillo? <laughs> They're, like, right next to each other. I'll still go Castillo. Um, Castillo, yeah. But I like, I you know. If, right. if they if they're my third and fourth options, I'm feeling really good about my pitching staff. All right, one more big riser, Scott. A big riser apart from him. Um, I will go with – let's go with Daniel Vogelbach because he's been – I feel like the talk of spring over the last week, and I'm not sure we've mentioned him once on the podcast. Uh, he is, I think he has eight home runs now this spring, and I think that leads everybody. Uh, last I saw, he was first in batting average among qualifiers as well. That All of that is with more walks than strikeouts, and he was always a guy who walked a lot in the minors. Um, it, it seems like he's ready to break through, and he was a surprise addition to the Mariners' opening day roster. They were counting on him last year to be their first baseman, and he just didn't do this that spring and, and really never got off the ground all season. Um, so they went out and acquired Ryan Healy. But now... Got to wonder if they're having some buyer's remorse there with Healy because they got to find a spot for this guy to play. And, and Healy, he, Healy's coming off a hand. He's surgery, coming off right? a hand injury. They think he's going to be. I think he's back to playing a game, yeah. so he's going to be ready for opening day. But um, I don't think he's as good as Vogelbach can be. I I think Vogelbach has like Carlos Santana potential. Um, I've floated the idea out there, obviously as somebody who has no authority within the Mariners organization. Uh, you look at their projected Yet. lineup, Ichiro Suzuki's in left field because Ben Gamble's on the DL. Um, that sounds like a bad situation, and I don't even think Ben Gamble's that good. So I'm not even sure Ichiro's going to be on the opening day roster. I feel like Nelson Cruz could get more time in the outfield to accommodate Vogelbach at DH, and also Healy plays less than expected at first base to get Vogelbach in the lineup. It's a deep pick, sleeper, and somebody good. who doesn't need to be owned in every league, but I'm... Don't be surprised if Vogelbach's relevant this year. We are going to snipe Scott White for Dan Vogelbach in the 16th. He, he is a big, beefy baseball boy, and I would like him on my roster. I'm looking at, right now, Vogelbach's lefty-righty splits in the minors. Last year, not very good against lefties, but previous years, respectable against lefties, I'd say. So it's possible he could be a platoon player. But we need players. We need to hear more about guys like Daniel Vogelbach. If you're in a deeper league and you're in some trouble, uh, you might want to pick up Daniel Vogelbach. But you're not going to – I'm going to guess, Heath, we go to your risers here. We're not going to pick him up over Ryan McMahon. Very similar situation in that we did not expect Ryan McMahon, especially after the Carlos Gonzalez acquisition, to really have a spot on the Rockies opening day roster. We were still excited about Ryan McMahon. He's still got a bright future. He's a brighter future, in my opinion, than Vogelbach does just – solely because he's in Colorado, and he was a monster last year in the minor leagues. He was awesome this year in spring training, not as good as Vogelbach, but a 9-12 OPS. And they said that the, one of their biggest issues was they didn't want him to not get plate appearances. Like They wanted him to keep getting regular at-bats, and so I think that's why we all expected him to go down. He's not going down. They sent Rymel Tapia down. It's going to be some type of weird platoon between him and Ian Desmond and Gerardo Parra and maybe even Carlos Gonzalez. But I'm not so sure he's not already a better hitter than all those guys. And they are much more okay with giving Gerardo Parra days off and giving Ian Desmond days off, in my opinion, than they will be 
sitting Ryan McMahon for two or three days in a row. All right. So people want to know about Ryan McMahon. He's a he's definitely a riser. He's also a lefty who could platoon. But here's an email from Chris Smith. Should I drop Yonder Alonso for Ryan McMahon in a head-to-head points league, DH spot? Yeah, I think you should. I would. Re- I I think this is one of those weird situations where, like, if you're running all the probabilities, Yonder Alonso probably scores more points than Ryan McMahon most of the time. But the ceiling is like for that start, sort of a spot, I want McMahon. See, I'm kind of excited about Yonder Alonso's ceiling, and maybe it's reading too much into spring stats. But he's been so good against left-handed pitchers this year. The the Indians punted their potential platoon option in Mike Napoli. He's beginning the year in the minors, so they're confident. And I like particularly for the points format with Yonder Alonso's plate discipline, which, you know, it's not to say I'm not excited about Ryan McMahon. It's just you name two players I'm excited about. Um, I, I just want to mention this one other thing about McMahon. He's not like a natural first baseman. It's not like he's stuck at first base. He came up as a third baseman. He played some second base in the minors last year. If it's one of those situations where, and obviously Arenado and and uh, LeMay, he wouldn't sit as much as those other two, but they'll need days off. And if between that and some late inning stuff, McMahon gets second base eligibility, um, that's going to be pretty interesting. But as a first baseman, is is McMahon a must draft? In a roto league, yes. Yeah, I mean, in in those larger size leagues, the the twenty one man roster, twelve team head to head points league, it it might be tough. It's going to be dependent on how sharp the rest of your league is for me. Like he is a guy that's amongst a group of players that I'm considering in the last couple of rounds, but there's a chance that there are too many other upside players that don't get drafted. That I want to take ahead of him. All right, here's an email from Jonathan. Would you rather have Ryan McMahon or Jose Martinez? McMahon. 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 And I'm high on Martinez, so there you go. All righty, so let's uh, get Heath's second spring riser. This is one that I've just come to in the last couple of days, and I'm really getting excited about your second baseman, Adam, Neil Walker. I We had a lot of people asking, who's this year's <laughs> Travis Shaw? Neil Walker may be old Travis Shaw this year. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I would like him a lot more if he had had more of a spring training. But Neil yes. Walker signing late with the Yankees, he's got like legitimate home run power. When we when the signing st- first uh, happened a couple weeks ago, I asked you guys if you thought Neil Walker could hit 30 home runs. I, I don't know if he went quite that far, but it's not crazy to think he could hit 30 home runs. I no, I don't think it's crazy at all. I, I was looking just at some of his batted ball data. The last two years, he's had a 41 and a 43 percent fly ball rate. He's pulled the ball at a 41 and 43% rate, and he's maintained a hard contact rate over 32% for the last three years. Didi Gregorius hits 20 and 25 home runs over the last two years, like a 24% hard contact rate. Those, if he just maintains those three numbers, 40% fly ball, 40% pull rate, 33% hard contact rate, and plays, gets 500 plate appearances, he's going to hit a bunch of home runs. Yeah, it's questionable if he's going to be their second baseman the entire year because of Torres, but I don't think that matters if you're uh, if you're taking Neil Walker. Get what you can he, get now. He might just be their first baseman though, right? Till Bird's out, yeah, he could definitely. Play well, he, he's like till I mean, Bird's back. I mean, yeah, he, yeah, Bird might be back. Bird will be back. Don't no, say this no, about my guy. This. I like. I don't know. Look, look. Who this cares? Is chronic. He, he, this is chronic issues now for three straight years. Foot issues two years in a row. It's yeah. not like the guy's proven himself. And it's, you don't and it's think... six to eight weeks, so even it, it doesn't really matter. Get what you can get from Neil Walker now, and if he plays the whole season, he plays the whole season. Wonderful. And he is available on like 64% of leagues right now. Yes, I did have to pick him up in our Roto League 
because I don't know if Commissioner Scott White is going to allow us to put players on the DL before the season starts. Yep. Come on, I can't feel the roster. I can't feel the roster. I know, I can't like if, either. If he, if he gets to be a jerk, I get to too. I am so mad about our AL and only, and only leagues and I've not complained about it, but the fact that we drafted those teams in February uh-huh. and with all those free agents and all the injuries that have happened and I can't put anybody on those. And table, just, just like, to answer, I almost quit. I'm going to answer, like, we've gotten questions on Twitter and angry tweets and stuff. Like, why can't I put player X on the DL? It's because players aren't on the DL yet. But yeah. your commissioner can. Your commissioner like can, you have a better but, they commissioner are, than but Scott White. they are currently the <laughs> players, Heath, apparently. like the transactions have not occurred. Justin Turner has not been placed on the disabled list. He will likely be placed there today, I guess. I don't know like what the I think the problem is it could be timing late, late today or even first thing tomorrow. I think late today is the most likely. So one. that's that's the the answer to that question. And how do you do it if you are a commissioner on a CBS Sports League? You go to your commissioner tools and you hit edit service time, select a player. And then you can change that player's status to I for injured, and he will then be a, a DL player for you, and that is how you do it. Now, here's the commissioner here, can just do it on the team page as well. Yep. Oh, um, yeah. You go, to, you go to whatever team's roster, and you just uh, you got to click the edit button at the top, and you just move them into the commissioner. Right. You do it either way. Yeah, that's either actually way. easier. Either way. Uh, yeah. Now, here, here's the thing. I'm just going to throw this out there. We don't even need a response, but I just want everybody to know this offer's on the table. Scott White, make me a co-commissioner in our Roto League, and I will do this DL thing for every <laughs> owner. You don't have to do anything except for make me a co-commissioner. And he's still not going to do it, folks. That's the weird nope. thing. He's still not going to do it. I the, like it. Like the idea. Stick to your guns, Scott. Don't let these guys bully you. The idea. Into doing, you believe in something. You go down with that belief. The That's idea it. of sharing power just makes Scott nauseous. <laughs> uh, our email address is fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. We have a Jonah Carey interview tomorrow. I'm going to air it tomorrow. Oh. Um, but first, uh, we also have some other podcasts you need to listen to. If you want to play some DFS, we'll talk a little DFS on this show, but the Sportsline DFS podcast. We're gonna be starting. We're gonna start covering MLB. So get excited for that. Also NBA until the season ends. Some PGA Sportsline DFS podcast. Listen to the Jonah Carey podcast. Listen to the Ion College Basketball podcast till the season's over, and then into the off season. Uh, listen to it, uh, in this corner, which is wrestling and boxing and MMA. It's awesome with Brian Campbell and Adam Silverstein and Nick Costos. We got a whole bunch of them. So go to cbssports.com/slash/podcast. And now let's hear Chris's big spring okay. risers. Okay, I was, yeah, I got I you, was buddy. interested. I got gotcha. you <laughs> in where this was going. <laughs> go ahead. Big spring risers. I, I will. You want a, a deep one first? But whatever you want. He's pretty. Lewis Brinson had a very good spring. He struck out. About 27% of the time, which is what you expect from Lewis Brinson, but it's not, it's not to the point where it's a concern. And that's, that's the big thing. You want, when you have a young guy like that, especially someone who looked overmatched in the majors last year, you want to see them at least not look overmatched. He was certainly not overmatched in spring training. He had an OPS over 900, a batting average over 300. That's bad, but inflated, but he looked good. He hit some long home runs. The skill set. It was very impressive. This is a, what, top 12 prospect, Scott? It was and there's top yep. 12 in your fantasy rankings. Yep. And um, legitimate 2020 potential as a rookie. And um, sounds like he's probably going to bat leadoff for the Marlins. He's definitely made the opening day roster. He's probably going to play every day. And, yeah, I would expect him to bat leadoff uh, at least occasionally. And so there's a big opportunity here for Lewis Brinson, who, um, who at least showed that he's – He's ready. All right, one more, Chris. Uh, we'll go significantly less deep, but 
Joey Gallo. I've I've just I'm all in on Joey Gallo uh, at this point. I think he's going to have a monster season. I think we're going to be talking about him as like a fourth or fifth round pick next year. Wow. How what, what kind of batting average are you projecting? It's going to be bad, like two thirty. But I I really think like fifty home runs is like a not unlikely scenario for him. Okay, so Ryan McMahon, Luke Weaver, Daniel Vogelbach, Neil Walker, Lewis Brinson, Joey Gallo. Those are some of our biggest risers. We'll have more for you later. Here's an interesting email. It comes from Kevin. Again, fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Uh, the Diamondbacks use humidor balls for the first time at Chase Field on Monday night. Both Jake Lamb and Paul Goldschmidt homered. Fears of the humidor have been greatly exaggerated. Also, I bought my first tickets through SeatGeek and used the promo code FANTASY and got 20 bucks off my Smashing Pumpkins tickets. All right, Kevin, way to go. Way to use SeatGeek. Now, this was an interesting email. I, I Google, I, uh, the Googled it about the Chase Field thing. Uh, for, and I read something in the athletic and it was talking about how they use the humidor balls and said, it was tempting to see the humidor's effect left and right. Several balls were hit off starter Zach Greinke that seemed to die in the outfield earlier than usual. Jake Lamb hit a homer to right that left the bat at a scorching 108 miles per hour, but it and then I was asked to subscribe to the Atlantic, which I have not done. <laughs> That's you how, should do it. That's on my Atlantic. You should do it. You get, a, uh, oh, the athletic, you get the athletic. a shirt that says the athletic on it, which, if you are like me, creates some nice humor. Oh, that's um, nice, buddy. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I've got my athletic subscriptions. Well, then, what the hell is it saying about the humidor? Because uh, it, it does You didn't seem send like, me the link. Um, well, just uh, Google it. I, I, uh, like I, I feel like from the context, I can deduce it was saying it didn't leave the it didn't leave the yard by much based on how hard he hit. Yes, I, I can't. I, I don't. Yeah, know, it was but, it was like a 385 foot home run. Yeah. I think. Um, and it's you know everybody's focusing on the first game. A second game got played at Chase Field last night, and it was um, no offense. So like neither one on its own means anything. Like these are these are tendencies that are going to play out over the course of weeks. Um, and, and only then can we fairly adjust, uh, uh, assess what impact it's having. I'm still very concerned. There's no StatCast data for the game last night. Uh, there is StatCast data for the game on Monday. Today's Wednesday? Monday yeah. night? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one game. It's, you know, we can't really take it. There were a handful of balls that were hit 100 miles per hour. I think nine, which is a fairly normal amount, but it's one game. Who knows? Like, Paul Goldschmidt. Hit one 109 miles an hour. Jake Lamb's 108 mile an hour ball traveled 396 feet. I I don't know if that's normal. It's, <laughs> it's what does it mean, Chris? The what does more, it mean? The more interesting things from that game were that both Zach Greinke and Carlos Carrasco's velocity were down because of the humidor. Because of the humidor. I had very heavier base. <laughs> heavier Carlos baseball. Carrasco's velocity <laughs> was actually down uh, two miles an hour on average with his fastball. Greinke was averaging 89, which is also down two miles per hour from last year. Yeah, I, I try not to stress too much about velocity this time of year, but it's it ain't nothing. Luckily, uh, Zach Greinke, clearly based on the last two days, is in the best pitcher's park in baseball. Adam, would you like me to finish your sentence? From the humidor thing? Jake Lamb hit a homer to right that left the bat at a scorching 108 miles per hour, but it traveled only 30, 395 feet. That's Called 10 it. feet shorter than any ball hit at a similar velocity and la- launch angle oh, how, at Chase Field bad. last year. Wow. wow On the other hand, Paul Goldschmidt launched a home run that seemed to travel just as far as it should have. It's far too early to draw any conclusions, especially since the Chase Field roof and panels 
were open, which won't be the case most oh. of the season. There you go. You oh, paid for wow. it's too early to draw conclusions. And the panels thing. That's interesting. Okay. We got a lot of bullpen news. Here we go. Let, let's go through because we got a lot of stuff to get to today, guys. Brad Boxberger is the Diamondbacks closer. Where will you be ranking Brad Boxberger? I just updated that this morning, and I have him ranked right behind Hector Neris, which is just inside of my top 20 closers. I actually have him 18th, ahead of Blake Trinan, ahead of Dominic Leone, ahead of Mark Melanson. Behind Hector Neris and Kelvin Herrera. So you don't think he'll be bad Broxberger? I, I don't <laughs> think he, I mean, I'm not sure. That's in the range of I'm not sure. He, he walks a lot of guys. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how good he, uh, I, so, okay, we got Bo- Boxberger's the Arizona closer. Mark Melanson is still having arm issues as Sam Dyson could close for the Giants. Uh, Texas does not have a set closer yet. They mentioned Keone Kella. They mentioned Kevin Jepson, Alex Claudio, Jake Diekman. And Javers Familiar just had a really, I, I don't know if it was a bad spring because he gave up all of his runs in one outing, but he only struck out one in seven innings. So I, I, I'm like just not enthused about maybe almost half the closer pool right now. I have a feeling you guys feel the same way. Maybe not quite, at least a third. You know, there are not 30 closers. There are not 20 closers that I'm is, like really excited about. Is that abnormal though? No, sure, it's not. 21. 21? But that, in, that includes Boxberger, so you're okay? You're cool with him? I'm cool with him being one of my relievers. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I am too. I'm just a little worried about the, the walks. He's never, he's had one season where he's had a good whiff. But the thing is, like, if Brad, if Brad, bad Broxberger is <laughs> your, one of your relievers, then that, obviously you got him very late in the draft. You spent your resources somewhere else. It depends yeah. on if you're taking the Heath Cummings approach where you get an elite number one and an elite number two, or <laughs> if you're taking- saying that. What do you mean? I don't know why you're telling me to stop saying that. It's, it's I, I, like maybe true. maybe high at number two, but you cannot use the word two. elite. God, we had this with we number had this same discussion in the office before the podcast, and it was the exact same person making the exact opposite point. I just want to point out he Heath, Heath is an inconsistent pedant. He <laughs> the worst kind of pedant. So all pedants are inconsistent. The pedants. worst kind. Uh, Boxberger is not an elite number two. He's more of an average to borderline number two. Uh, okay. So I, I just, I, I, you've got to be a little concerned about him keeping the job with Bradley there. We'll see what Hirano can do. I'm, are, are you I not? Think you're, I mean, it, a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Hasn't pitched a full season in, what, three years? Hasn't really been that yeah. good the last couple of years. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's a stretch. I think... Like I'd ra- I'd much rather have Hector Neris. Let me ask you this: They had Fernando Rodney as their closer last year, and we're pretty happy with that all year. I think Boxberger's better than Rodney. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, he could lose his job. Any closer could lose his job, except you know maybe they but, get three guys at the top. But when it takes it's you true. an entire month and a half to gain a job, that probably means your hold on the job isn't as strong as someone who had no competition. All right, so Boxberger ahead of Melanson at this point. Yes, he's throwing. Yeah, I don't, I don't want any anything to do with Melanson. But Dyson is someone to to add in a deeper league. Yeah, they sent Tomas down. Yeah, low low upside with Sam Dyson, but it could be a good team. It's a good place to pitch, but he's not. He he just doesn't give you strikeouts. Like he's a saves guy only. And I know Scott, you've been hoping for Keone Keller to win the job in Texas. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. He really, he walks a ton of guys. 
But last year he gave up about four hits per nine. He had a crazy – I think he had a blow bat. He must have. Um, anyway, yeah, it, it, is Keller the guy, if you were going to own one Rangers clo- re- reliever, would it be him? I guess so. I don't – like, they they apparently are concerned about his durability, which was always why um, – I'm trying to think of a famous – Set a man who we always thought had like Sean Kelly for the Nationals last year. I feel like Joaquin Benoit got some of that in his career. Like, oh, this guy looks like he could close based on the the numbers, but nope, we don't want him. We don't trust him to pitch three days in a row. Um, so you know, knowing that, I'm less optimistic it's going to happen for him. I do think he's their best reliever. Jake Diekman's kind of interesting because he throws a hundred and has big strikeout potential. Um, he has control issues of his own, but. I, I'm hoping eventually the Rangers give in and sign Greg Holland. I just, like, with that starting rotation, why are you worried about your closer pitching three days in a row? <laughs> well, three, yeah, I mean, you could have a great closer that never pitches three days in a row. A great fantasy closer. It's not going to happen that often in the season. Uh, but, alright, so it's kind of a mess there. Is that what we're saying with Texas? Yes. It is the biggest of messes. Kella, Claudio, Jepson, Deekman were mentioned as possible safe sources. And what do you guys make of the Mets bullpen in Familia, who hasn't pitched in uh, more than ten days? I I think Juris Familia is going to be fine. Like I, he had the the injury concerns last season, but last season was just a weird year for him between the suspension, the blood clot. Uh, I want to say Adam, you've brought up that like a crazy amount of his runs came in a handful of outings. Well, it, was, it was the last one before going on the DL and the yeah. first one back. And, like, we've seen this guy be a Craig Kimbrell-level closer not that long ago. So. (laughs) (laughs) What happened? What did I do? Uh... (laughs) Keith, what the hell is going on? uh, I was examining my zipper. (laughs) Apparently, I was a little too demonstrative about it. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, wow. I, I was actually reading an article about Jerry's Familia. I'm a little more concerned about him than Chris is. Um, just he had the he, shoulder thing in the spring. He, he's had the shoulder thing. He's been bad in the spring. They added Swarzak. They've got AJ Ramos. They have plenty of other options. And so, I I I actually rank him below Hector Neris, Kelvin Herrera. Um, below Boxberger, below Dominic Leon. So my my thing with that is that. We've seen a higher upside from him than any of those guys. And I don't think any of those guys are particularly likely to keep their jobs either. So I I don't think his risk is any higher, and I think the upside's higher. I just think I would feel more comfortable putting Boxberger in my lineup for week one than I would Familia. I agree with that. Yeah, That might be the only point I agree with. (laughs) If there's another Mets reliever to own, because people just need to speculate on saves, deeper leagues. Is it Ramos? I would say it's Ramos. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I mean, he has closing experience. I don't think he's very good. I think Swarzak is the Mets' best reliever. Yeah, I, yeah I, Yes, I that's, that's that. the point I would make, is if you're speculating on saves, it's Ramos, but if I'm doing a reliever-heavy strategy and I just want a middle reliever, it's definitely Swarzak. Okay. So we have a lot more to get to, and we have to tell you about the Draft app. Have you signed up for Draft yet? All right, it's starting tomorrow. Have you downloaded the Draft app? I have. I've been using it for a couple years now. You can do snake drafts every day. You can compete against me, Big Ga- Big Kane 2. Follow me on the draft app, Big Kane 2. And you get entry into a draft for free 
with our promo code FB today. The promo code is FB today. So with the draft app, you play daily fantasy baseball. You get new teams every day. But unlike the other guys, you get to do snake drafts with other users. And, and you do them every day, all the time, just like in your seasonal leagues, but every single day. That's awesome. And you can win some money. Drafts start at just one buck. There's a draft there for everyone. Search draft in your app store. Or you can play right now on your computer at draft.com. For a limited time, our listeners get a free entry into a real money baseball draft when you make your first deposit. You got to use our promo code FB today. So play a real money game for free. Just use our promo code FB today when you make your first deposit. Search draft in the app store or go to draft.com and enter the promo code FB today. More news and notes. Jose Ramirez will be ready for opening day. Oakland starting pitcher prospect, uh, A.J. Puck, is going to have Tommy John surgery. Ian Kinsler has groin tightness. Nelson Cruz may not be ready for opening day. He has a sore quad. J.T. Realmuto is on the DL with a back injury, but he could be back in you know, a week, two weeks. Michael Waka, 72% owned. He has a four-pitch arsenal. He is feeling confident. Chris talked about him yesterday. Chris is excited about Michael Waka. Chris told me today he was a top 25 starting pitcher. Did he? So I, yeah. He was 25th in FIP last season, and this is probably one of those things <laughs> where we really like FIP until it tells us something that we don't like, and then Michael Waka just stays. Or I get that FIP has not real results. I until get that it he's had the injury concerns. He hasn't thrown 180 innings, I don't think, ever in his career. He had the 10th highest fastball velocity among starters last year. I think it jumped up two miles per hour. These are all things that we typically get excited about. And you guys have Michael Walker in the 80s in starting pitcher, both of you? Like, I'm, I, I object <laughs> to this. These things are, we usually get excited about. Like, not, there isn't another pitcher where every single variable is identical to Michael Walker. Like, well, that's, you, that's can't, you can't paint every pitcher with the same brush just because certain details match up. Okay, so above average strikeout rate, above average control, above average ground ball rate. He's never had an above average strikeout rate before last year. One of, and he had a two mile per hour jump in in fastball velocity. It's like a Charlie Morton. Which is the same. We have Charlie Morton. And like when you 40 say above high. average, you're talking like by the most minute of degrees. It's it's average, basically the strikeout rate and the control, and he never doesn't pitch innings. So like. No, I, I I think there's a good chance he loses this, his job this year because have, they have three great young up and coming pitchers. He has I a am more 84 career ERA. Why are we acting like this guy's just a scrub? I am more open to the fact that I am too low on Michael Walker than Scott is. I will also say that he like I am lower on Charlie Morton and those types uh-huh. of guys than Scott is as well. I think Scott is being more inconsistent here than I am. He does <laughs> like over the last two years he's got a four five six ERA. So it's been three. Mm-hmm. Years since he's really been good. He's been worse mm-hmm. every year, basically. Except last year he got a little bit better. But, but I am open to the possibility that mm-hmm. I'm too low on Michael Walker. Okay. Uh, Michael Walker, again, he is 72% owned in CBSSports.com. I, I would I would take a shot on him if he were available. I'll give you that, Chris. I, I mean, I'm... I, mean, I it, think he I should just, be owned. I just, yeah, that's fine. I just think that... How would you feel about changing fantasy baseball so that we have two categories? We have war and FIP. And that, that is like, it. I, I get what you're doing, and it's very cute, Adam. <laughs> Thank you. But my point Thank you. is that these are things we think matter. We cite them all the time. Right. But they don't matter with Michael Waka? No one said they don't matter. Sure, that's that's exactly what well, we're saying. What I also matters for Michael Waka is the, the bad health history, uh-huh. the Cardinals' 
hesitation last year to keep him in the rotation and the mm-hmm. fact that his last two years have not been very good ERA wise. They've yeah. been bad ERA wise. Yeah. Okay. Those so, also matter. All right, all right. Charlie Morton's had one good half season. We'll wrap it up here. We're going to wrap it up. Shohei Otani will start Sunday at Oakland. Start or sit Shohei Otani. Start him. No chance. Not start gonna, him. Yeah, I'm gonna sit no him. chance. Sit him. Okay. Like, we've already seen him against minor leaguers, and it wasn't very good, so I don't expect like, Oakland's going to go The thing is, if you, sit him, him. if you sit him and he's great, it's still good news because you're going to get a good pitcher the rest of the way. Start him. Yeah, sitting him is a win-win. Like, you sit him and he's great, and you're like, yes, I've got Shohei Otani, and, and he's good. If you exactly. sit him and he's bad, you're like, yes, I'm smart. Start <laughs> start him. All right, with two start, two sits, one start for Otani on Sunday. I have some uh, potentially league-only relevant news. AL only, NL only. Jake Marisnik expected to start in center field for Houston. Is that just a short-term thing while Gurriel is suspended for five games and then back shortly after? Oh, I can't imagine it's an everyday thing. They're they're trying to get Derek Fisher at bats. They're trying to obviously get Marwin Gonzalez at bats. Uh, like, so Derek Fisher is going to make the team and be on the bench, or Jake Marisnik is starting. Are they facing a lefty on opening day? I don't well, maybe I should all. confirm Derek Fisher made the I team. I think he is. I I I I thought that was a foregone conclusion. Um, let me check. I here. think we're spending too much time on this. Uh, we'll move on here. Uh, let's. Uh, Anthony Santander nice. is expected to be Baltimore's DH. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 rule five pick. Real person. I looked it up to make sure. <laughs> That's pretty good spring. <laughs> like. Was good at high A two years ago. Barely played last. He barely played last year because of injury. I think it was a rule five pick last year. Yeah, and they were able to keep him on their roster because he was hurt. All right, Anthony Santander, DH for Baltimore. By the way, yes, Jake Marisnik is facing a lefty tomorrow. Uh, Cole Hamels against Justin Verlander. Joe Panic will lead off against righties. Austin Jackson will lead off against lefties for San Francisco. Marcus Simeon, we, we you know, were hoping maybe that he'd be the everyday leadoff hitter. He will lead off, it looks like, against lefties. Matt Joyce could lead off against righties. Anything that we tell you with batting orders now is subject to change as soon as day two. <laughs> Things change quickly. And Amir Garrett is going to the bullpen. All right, I've got, uh, I did a, a Yahoo draft last night. Seven by seven head to head categories. I have some takeaways for you. Here is an idea I have for daily leagues. Daily, you gotta have, be able to have daily transactions here. Draft Trevor Story and another shortstop, and only start Trevor Story when he's at home. I I I kind of like that as long as the other shortstop is somebody like Peraza or DeYoung or for me it's Eduardo Nunez. Nunez is great, but he needs to be eligible somewhere else because your second shortstop is probably a bad hitter, and I don't want to carry very many hitters in that format anyway. So it needs to be somewhere that can fill in in multiple places. Okay, and and Nunez on Yahoo is just is ranked pretty low. I got him in the 17th round, and it's a three keeper league, so you know there were players being 30 players being kept, and I got him in the second 17th round. He's eligible Nunez at second, third, short, and outfield on Yahoo. So I have him in Story. That uh, I could start Nunez every day, but I can always sit Story if he's on the road and just not hitting very well. Um, okay, here's a thought about head-to-head categories. I. I uh, it, it might be going from my favorite format to my least favorite format. Wrong. And I'll Still tell you my favorite. Why. I, I would love it if it if it had designated. This is how many starting pitchers you need, and this is how many relief pitchers you need. I, that I, would make it worse. I don't. I and listen. I'm not criticizing anybody for liking this type of format. Like I'm not. I'm not waging war on the this, this craze here. But just trying to win categories by rostering players that. 
It's You're not really playing fantasy sports anymore. You're not trying to get the best players. You're just trying to get standouts in different categories. And I just I think it's gone too far. That's I just Roto. don't like it that much. Like Billy, if we were trying to get the best players, then Billy Hamilton wouldn't be a fourth or fifth round pick. I mean, it it feels less like baseball when you're investing that little in starting pitching, right? Money, it's money ball for fantasy baseball. Well, it's, yeah. I mean, it's it's not my favorite either. It's the extra two percent. Wasn't that the Rays one? That's what they're doing now. I don't know no? what that is in reference to. Wasn't that a book about no. the Rays? Probably. Yeah. Nobody knows. Like nobody reads books here, but you. They gave out free copies. They gave out free copies at one of their games, but only five people got one. By the way, do you guys have? You just have the one draft tonight. Jonah Carey wrote the book, "The Extra Two Percent," about the Tampa Bay Rays. And and he'll you'll hear him tomorrow. So, um, you guys, we have the draft tonight for the People League. Is that the only draft you guys have left? Yeah, I have two. That's the last one I have left. I have two at the same time tonight. Yeah, you just won't participate in the For the People League. That's Un- fine. Untrue. He'll, he'll probably be trying to play Fortnite while both of them are going on. <laughs> yeah. Millennials. And tweeting like 30, fairness, 30 tweets per minute. The way Heath and I play Fortnite, it's very easy to multitask. Okay, you guys are like huge nerds. So I don't even know what Fortnite is. Uh, and also head-to-head categories leagues. Uh, very, very different in daily versus weekly lineups. Oh yeah, right. I mean, very different. In terms you need of- to take something back. What the whole Fortnite and huge nerds thing? If you run a Twitter poll right now, over fifty percent of your followers are playing Fortnite. What is well, it? Most is of it? our followers are are. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Lay it down, Scott White. Shots fired <laughs> yes. by big not nerd no, Scott I, White. I, I don't. I don't think they consider that like a like being a nerd isn't isn't the the stigma used to be it's kind of it's kind of socially the nerds now. have won oh yeah. yeah big bang theory right and Absolutely. there's still the, the largest the, the largest intellectual property in the world is a comic book franchise f o r t n i t e so you don't spell it wrong and look oh. silly <laughs> you will get owned what if is you it? spell Just, it wrong do you play fortnite yes uh n i t e okay I, I don't i only learned the name of it two days ago but I'm a total nerd, so well maybe maybe. Do you play Fortnite? Yes, I am a nerd. No, I am cool. No, I won't write about that. Just yes and no. All right. Um. So very different in daily versus weekly lineups. Uh, weekly lineups, like you don't need to if you just want to go all RPs, I guess, or mostly RPs. I think you draft more starting pitchers in a daily lineup, right? In I a- I draft uh, generally a, mostly a benchful in both formats, but it's more imperative in a daily. Uh, whatever. We, it's not really draft season anymore. We won't get into it. But uh, some observations, if you are drafting in Yahoo, just real quick. Rubenet Odor, very, very low. Yasmani Grandal, who autocorrects to Tasmania Grandma, best um, best autocorrect ever. Very, very low in their rankings. Dominic, Riser. Yeah, Anna Riser, exactly. Uh, oh, we haven't talked about that one yet, but yes. Um, Dominic Leone is very low. I, I had to search for him. He's only 55% owned in Yahoo leagues. Spring Riser. Spring Sounds Riser. like they need to uh, account for these Spring Risers. And Eduardo Nunez, like I said, is is pretty low. Some trade advice that we talk about a lot. I will say this will probably be the first time we say it of many. If you you have to understand your league depth, and in shallower leagues, we love trading two good players for one great player. Clear up a roster spot. If there's a lot of guys on waivers that you want and you just don't know how to make room for them, make a two for one or a three for two or a three for one trade or something like that. Mm-hmm. Get some roster spots available and upgrade. Get as many elite players as you can. Right? Yeah, you always yep. want to trade two fifty cent pieces for a dollar. Yeah, exactly. Oh. 
I mean, even two seventy-five cent pieces for a dollar, and in that, in a scenario where the waiver wire is abounding, I mean, I, I ninety percent of the time I'm going to favor the side of a deal that gets the best player. They don't make seventy-five cent pieces. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So far, we have a very cool population of Twitter followers. At least my Twitter followers. Only two, two, only one third as of now. Place Fortnite. Retweet it, Chris. <laughs> Chris can fix that. Uh, tweet of the day comes from Andres Jones. He's got uh, a little nursery rhyme for us. Kingery dingery donger picked up in a draft for a songer. We know he's got speed, but a position he'll need to remain on my team for much longer. I like wow. that. Wow. Good stuff. Outstanding. Yeah. And then a tweet from a guy named Heath who says, Q. As in the, you know, your draft queue. Q-U-E-U-E. A five-letter word with four silent letters. Why? How many syllables is Q, Scott? <laughs> you know, some people do pronounce it Q-E. <laughs> they do? That is, a, that is an accepted pronunciation, I, mean, there's, I think. I, it looks like it's q u so I would say it's two. <laughs> it's one. Qua. And I don't know why people, I did another Twitter poll, people don't like my team name in the podcast league, Stanton Deliver. Only 26% said it was good, 41 said it was bad, 33% said they don't get it, like the movie Stand and Deliver. Stand and I was deliver. in a deliver. high school production of Stand and Deliver. Oh. Just fun fact. That is a fun fact. I don't really like it. Uh, Rob from Massachusetts gives us team name Tuesday on a Wednesday. Non-zero chance Adams. Very good. Like or that. non-zero chance Cisco. Chance, let's just keep it with the Yankees. Let's do more risers. All right, so here's what we, we have a whole bunch of risers. Uh, we've already talked about Joey Gallo. Uh, who else? Joey Gallo, Neil Walker. Uh, I don't think it's an accepted pronunciation. <laughs> Ryan McMahon. Ryan Vogelbach. Are you, seriously? <laughs> you just looked that up? Yeah. All right, guys. I'm going to bring it back here. We've talked about Gallo, Walker, Vogelbach, Alonzo, Weaver, and, oh, Lewis Brinson, that was the other one. Okay, more risers. You guys gave me a whole bunch of names, so I just want you to go through them, give me, like, a quick ex- explanation of why they're rising, and leave it at that. Uh, Chris Towers, you can start. Xander Bogarts is hitting a bunch of balls in the air, has, like, a 65% fly ball rate in spring. So just, uh, you know, keep that in mind. We've complained about his bad ball profile in the past. Matt Harvey is healthy. Hanley Ramirez is healthy. Both of them have been good in the past and are cheap. What is Hanley Ramirez is playing? To, uh, yes, I and and Harvey is not as cheap as I'd like, but draft season is pretty much over. But I feel like people are kind of reaching early for him in my drafts anyway. Yeah. Uh, what is Hanley's playing time status? Situation? I would guess he's going to play. He's number three. Hitter. I have I haven't seen anything since. Alex Cora said he's the number three hitter. No, there was another piece okay. talking about how he's still probably the number three that's, hitter. That's very good. I, I would guess he doesn't play every single day, but he had shoulder surgery in the offseason that appears to have fixed the issue that he had last year that was keeping him off the field. He's playing first base regularly in the spring. He didn't have a great spring, uh, but the fact that he's healthy and happy uh, makes me want to invest in Hanley. All right, so he has beaten out Mitch Moreland. Yes, okay. I don't think there was much competition. Bogarts, Harvey, Hanley, and who else? Gregory Polanco is hitting the cover off the ball. Josh Bell is as well. Actually, I should have included Josh Bell. He is another fly ball revolution guy. Uh, has, I think, like almost a 45% fly ball rate in the spring, and that is 
a very good sign because he hits the ball hard, hits the ball on the ground too much. And Gregory Polanco, he just wasn't healthy last year. He changed his offseason training regimen uh, to try to get healthy, and he's looked really good in the spring. Every time I've caught the Pirates, uh, I leave MLB TV on all day. Every time I've caught them, he's doing something great. All right, Polanco, Bell, you skipped over Kyle Schwarber, but we're high on him. He's had a uh, best shape of his life. life. Yeah. Uh, Four stolen bases. You've got, yeah, that's oh, really weird. nice. You've got four I more mean, guys I mean, he was here. always kind of fast for a big guy. <laughs> and now he's a not quite so big, but still very big guy. We should, would, we should subscribe to The Athletic and get him the t-shirt. He, he is The Athletic. <laughs> All right, give me more risers. Go ahead. Run it down. Uh, Jimmy Nelson is ahead of schedule as far as I've seen. And last year he was one of the best pitchers in baseball. If he returns by June, I think he has tons of value. Michael Conforto, and then I think I, I won't steal Heath. Thank you for not stealing mine. All right, let's go right into Heath. So let me recap Chris's. Gallo, Bogarts, Harvey, Hanley, Schwarber, Polanco, Lewis Brinson, not mentioned Derek Dietrich, Jimmy Nelson, Michael Conforto, and Heath Cummings. Sean Newcomb has walked five batters over 15 and a third spring innings, which is a tiny sample size, but his only problem last year was that he walked five batters per nine and somehow still had a 4.3 ERA. If he just makes a slight improvement to those walk numbers, he has big upside because of the K potential. I would compare him to where Blake Snell was last year. Jack Flaherty gets a shot in the rotation because of Adam Wainwright's injury, and Adam Wainwright's not any good anymore. And we all know that Michael Walk is not actually good. <laughs> so the chance that Jack Flaherty, that was a shot at Chris and I didn't really mean it. Michael Walk is fine. There's a chance though that Jack Flaherty sticks and he does have quite a bit of upside. Ian Happ, I thought he was the Cubs third best hitter coming into spring training. Now it seems like Joe Madden thinks he's the Cubs third best hitter. Had a very cool OPS this spring of one, two, three, four, seven <laughs> home runs with a 407 on base percentage. He's going to be their leadoff hitter, and he is going to be a monster. One of my bold predictions is he's a top three second baseman this year. Dominic Leone, we've talked about him plenty. He's the closer now, and he may just keep it. Same for Brad Boxberger. Ryan McMahon, I already talked about. Scott Kingery, he's a spring riser. He's risen too far, in my opinion. He's being drafted too soon, but he's definitely gone up, and he has an opportunity. Yep. In the, in the podcast league, though, none of these people put their money where their mouth was. He went like 220 to Scott. A guy I think I'd rather have than Scott Kingery, Cattell Marte, who's going at like pick 355. He's free in drafts. He has speed, even though he hasn't really used it in the major leagues. He has pop. He has fly balls now. Uh, Marte is going to be second and shortstop eligible. What changed for him this spring to make him a riser? We learned about that. Because he didn't have a very good He didn't run. He didn't we run. didn't know at the beginning of the spring that he was a guaranteed starter. Okay, fair enough. Um, and then Lucas Giolito has looked very impressive and has big upside. And Chris is making a... He had 11.02 OPS in the spring. Cattell Marte? Yes. He had a very good spring. Okay. okay. Did he run? Because uh, I don't he... expect him to have an 11.02 yeah. OPS during the regular season. Every time he got on the bases. <laughs> ran to first, first to third. Well, I mean, He I... only had one stolen base, okay. which is infinitely more than I, he had I only, last year. I only singled out Marte because I, I co-signed to all of Heath's except for Marte. Um, he texted Adam first, so obviously <laughs> I went with different names. Um, All right, let me re- read uh, Heath's. Neil Walker, Jack Flaherty, Sean Newcomb, Ian Happ, Dominic Leone, Brad Brox, Boxberger. Come on, Adam. Ryan McMahon, Scott Kingery, Cattell Marte, Lucas Giolito. And Cattell Marte had more walks than strikeouts in the spring also, which is awesome. Scott White. 
So we've talked about Vogelbach, we've talked about Alonzo, Delano DeShields, um, we've talked about a lot on the podcast, but for those who haven't heard yet, leadoff hitter, starting left fielder, Jeff Bannister said he thinks he could steal 50 bases, um, and that's, even even if he goes in like the round 14 range of a Roto League, you're not going to find another guy with that kind of uh, base-stealing expectations. Ronald Acuna was the talk of spring before he got sent down, certainly performed well enough that... Um, you're you're going to want to draft him early, even though you're going to have to stash him a couple weeks. Dominic Leone looks like the Cardinals closer to begin the year. I think he's good enough to keep the job potentially. Steven Matz, after an awful start, turned on a dime his last three or four um, starts. Low hit totals, high strikeouts. Still wonder about that slider that was so effective for him as a rookie, but um, definitely worth a shot. At the place point where he's going, Kevin Gosman came to camp throwing all of his pitches for the first time ever. A novel idea by him instead of introducing his best pitch midseason as happened last year. From the time he started featuring his split finger 25% uh, or so last year, 19 start stretch, he had numbers much like Mike Clevenger had last year or Trevor Bauer. Like really good strikeout rate. Looks like a potential number two. Luke Weaver we talked about. Blake Swihart is going to be like a super-duper utility player for the Red Sox. I should probably confirm he made the roster, but that was he the did. plan. Yeah. Um, catcher among several other positions. And I think considering the at-bat threshold is so low a catcher, that's probably a recipe for him to get enough at-bats to matter in a two-catcher league. Jorge Soler lost a lot of weight, showed a lot of power this spring. Seems more athletic overall. Could be a breakout season for him. Matt Carpenter since returning from the back issue. Uh, has hit really well and um, talked about changing his approach in a way that will hopefully make him a good source of batting average again. Looks like he'll gain triple eligibility at some point. Yasmani Grandal is a fly ball revolution guy we haven't talked about yet. Changed his swing path this offseason and hit five home runs this spring. Well, meanwhile, his big competition, Austin Barnes, was barely doing anything and... Um, struggling to make it back from an elbow injury. Can I just say one thing about one of Scott's risers? Because you talked about a Yahoo League earlier. If you're in a Yahoo League, I'm sure you've already drafted. There's one team in every Yahoo League that doesn't have enough steals. Delano DeShields probably didn't get drafted in your Yahoo League. He didn't get drafted in mine, and I love him. I just couldn't find a spot for him. His ADP is outside of the top 200. I hope you're not talking about me, because Delano DeShields got drafted by me in my Yahoo League last night. But I thought I got great value for him. So, yes, to your point, I got, I'm all about Delano DeShields. Scott's risers were Vogelbach, Alonzo, DeShields, Acuna, Leon, Matz, Gosman, Weaver, Swihart, Soler, Carpenter, and Grandal. All right, week one is tomorrow. Yay. All, Woo! all 30, what do we have, 30 teams? 30 teams. 30. Yes. MLB teams. All 32, as I wrote in one of my articles this year. <laughs> well, that must have been what threw me off. Playing tomorrow. Scott, who are some sleeper hitters? Don't give away everything that's in the column, but some sleeper hitters people can pick up if they need someone because they don't have a commissioner who will put players on the DL. But uh, <laughs> some sleeper hitters people can pick up for week one. And when you do this, is this four-game four week or 11-game week? The, yeah, the default setting is making week one a four-game week. I think 80% of our users are doing that, something something like that. So that's, that's what I base the column on. And if you're going 11 days, I'm sorry, but you're going to have to just remember you're a week behind the rest of the season because – because I'm going to keep label, labeling them week number whatever. Um, so, yeah, a big consideration this week, four games versus three, obviously makes a big difference. 
12 teams are playing four games. The rest are playing three. Um, I really like the Dodgers matchups this week. They, the, the, the Cubs and the Dodgers, but the Dodgers, I feel like have more sleeper hitters, including the guy I just talked about, Yasmani Grandal, who's only, he's less than 70% owned in CBS sports leagues. He's, he's got to be one of the top 10 catchers in fantasy. That needs to change, I think, permanently beyond just this week. Um, Jamer Candelario, who's kind of a weird fit in this environment because he doesn't have big time power, but he has decent power and just really good on base potential. I like the Tigers matchup this week. He's a good start. Hey, let me just uh, say Matt Kemp's name because he's 56% owned. Mm-hmm. Going to be the starting left fielder for the Dodgers? They've talked about him batting in the middle of the lineup. I think he was mentioned as a possible number three hitter against lefties. I know Yasiel Puig didn't hit lefties well. Yasiel Puig's expected to hit third most of the time, but Matt Kemp's going to be a part of things. Yeah, and I guess Jock Peterson is going to be an extra he- outfielder. Well, yeah, Jock Peterson's still there, Enrique Jock Hernandez Peterson. is still there. Um, yeah, I mean, sure, Kemp's a sleeper. I, I just, I don't feel super confident in how regularly he's going to play. I guess compared to some of these other, and and you know, the cutoff for a sleeper is less than eighty percent owned in CBS Sports League. So obviously, there's a big pool to choose from. Sure. Um, Cole Calhoun. They have four games. I like his spot in the Angels' batting order. We haven't spoken about this in. Like two months, but they lowered the or less, a little less than that. But they lowered the outfield wall in right field, and a lot of people think Cole Calhoun will be able to benefit yep. from that. They're in Oakland this week, but oh okay, yeah, but yeah, sorry, season long um, thing, but yes. Mm-hmm. Lucas Duda has a couple righties he can tee off on this week. Uh, James Shields and I think even Reynaldo Lopez, after a good showing this spring, um, he's kind of a deep sleeper. Not Lopez, Duda is. Duda, yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, all right. Are we going to have th- obviously no two star pitchers for the four game week? Are we going to have three star pitchers for the 11 game week? Um, again, I wrote it for the four day week, so I don't know off the top of my head. I did see that, uh, the Rangers are playing 11 straight days to open the season. So somebody suggested maybe Cole Hamels would be a three star pitcher, but I know they're also going to make an effort to space out Mike Miner starts a little more. So if they're going 11 straight days, I feel like they're probably going to have to insert a spot starter in there somewhere. I don't, I'm not confident Cole Hamels is going to make three starts, but it is possible. There are always, uh, rain outs early in the year too. Like Chris Archer (sighs) could probably, I don't know how many games they play in the first 11 days, but yeah, they're, cause they're, He's notoriously only... going four man as, yeah, as much right, as off days right. allow. And so. he's supposed to be the one guy, maybe him and Blake Snell, who are going to pitch every fifth day, you know, even regardless of off days and stuff. I'll, I'll look up the race schedule real quick. If they have two off days in there. Yeah, then he probably won't. Yeah. Let's do starter sit for tomorrow's games uh, with just pitchers. John Lester, Jose Arena. Start Lester. Yeah. Yeah, it's start Lester. Ivan Nova, Jordan Zimmerman. No. Uh, um, maybe Nova. Nova's not a bad streamer okay. if you want to stream on opening day. The We're Rays do have two off days over the 11-day period. Okay, so yeah. We're going to start Carlos Martinez and Noah Syndergaard. Jake Odorizzi at Dylan Bundy. <laughs> I'd be okay starting Bundy. Um, yeah. And Odorizzi isn't bad. 
I like him more than Nova. So let's as, put it that way. I, I don't know this, but as bad as Odorizzi has been on the road, I'm guessing his history at Camden Yards is pretty terrible. Right. He's one yeah. assume so. Yeah. Right. It kind of would be nice to wait and see. We're going to start Verlander. What about Cole Hamels facing? The I want to see it. Astros. Yeah. It's at yeah. home. Yeah. Not against yeah. the Astros. Yeah. Uh, Severino. Yes. Jay Happ against the Yankees. Probably not. No. I don't want to. If I yeah, if I don't, if I don't have to. I, I assume this is like a daily league discussion. Yeah, happy, yeah, daily right? league. So yeah. the fact that these guys are probably making two starts this week, they are definitely making two starts this week, if it's an eleven day scoring period. But uh, we're not considering that here. If we're just saying for the one day, I say no to Hap. Garrett Richards and Kendall Graveman. Yes to Richards. Yep. I think yes. <sighs> I'd lean against Graveman. Yeah, I mean, it's at home, so it's not a bad place to pitch, but yeah. Yeah, it might be helpful if Ian Kinsler doesn't play. Chase Anderson at Clayton Richard. Definitely start Anderson. Yeah, that's it. Definitely not Richard. All right, yes, Max Scherzer, no Homer Bailey. Yes, Chris Sale. Chris Archer, we're starting against the Red Sox, right? Yes. (laughs) Aaron Nola at Julio Tehran. You start both of them. Tehran was terrible at home last year. Great opening day track record, Adam. Nuh-uh. Really, really good opening day pitcher. <laughs> Is that true? That's actually, yeah, yeah. he's been phenomenal on opening right, yeah. day. I don't think it means anything, but yes, it's true. He, he did have a really good spring, and he made some arsenal changes. So I, it, it the Braves SunTrust Park, like the the park effects show, it wasn't some like ridiculous hitters park. Yeah. It was pretty middle of the road. So I don't, right. I don't think there's much to his struggles at home. And it's not, we're not that far removed from him being very good. Uh, 2016. James Shields, no. Danny Duffy, yes. Yeah. Yep. Ty yeah. Bloch, no. Clayton Kershaw, yes. John Gray at Patrick Corbin. Oh, John that Gray in, in a, that in a in pitcher's Arizona park with a humidor. You're the, definitely the starting first Gray. regular yeah. season taste of the humidor. I am definitely starting both. Yeah, yeah. I'm definitely watching that game. And Corey Kluber at Felix Hernandez. Kluber, yes. What about Felix? Nope. I have a lot of Felix Hernandez shares. Uh, so I'm going to have to make this decision. I will probably prefer not to start him, but yeah, I'm hoping for a bounce back. All right, let's get to some emails to end the show. Fantasy baseball at CBSI.com. David in Eagle Rock says, Hey, Frankie, Bob, Tommy, and Nick. No idea. Head to head categories league. What a lot you, of common names. Yeah. Uh, head to head categories league. Who should I drop? Carlos Gonzalez, Corey Dickerson, Michael Conforto, Angelton Simmons, or Michael Taylor? Simmons. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I would drop. Michael I would Taylor. drop. Hmm. I actually think I'd hold on to Simmons uh, and Conforto, and I'm torn on the other three. Yeah, you drop Taylor because the other outfielders are all better. You don't need four outfielders on your bench. On your bench, yeah. Uh, and those way, are, that is a uh, Frankie Valley yes. and his seasons. That, that is true. Uh, no name here, dear Bradley Manning and more. Those are Archies. Archies. I have my arch rival has Boxberger. I have Archie Bradley. I need saves. Would you rather hold on to Bradley or stash AJ Minter, Anthony Swarzak, or Ryan Madsen? I would rather stash AJ Minter because I think he will be the Braves' closer sooner than later. Okay. And I don't think that Diamondbacks really want Bradley start uh, closing. If but things go bad for Boxberger, they could go to the the other guy, Hirano. That's his name. Yeah. Hooray for Hirano. Greg in Massachusetts. Hey, Don, Mike, Rex, 
and Jared. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that was political. I did not realize. My bad. Would you recommend I stick with Candelario or trade some pitching death to get someone like Michael Franco? No. Or or Kyle Seager? Yeah. I, might want I to think you could Seager. say the name of poli- names of political figures, Adam. I guess. Yeah, it's, like, it's, a very okay. to- it's a very toxic environment, but yes. Okay. I, I, um, <laughs> This is not a great question to ask because it depends on what the pitching depth is. If it's Michael Waka, sure, trade him for Kyle Seager. But that's – you're probably okay with Jammer Candelario. I don't think he's going to hurt you. Yeah, like he should hit for a good average. The counting stats won't be great, but it's not that long. Just pick up Scott Kingery. He'll be third base eligible in two games. Boom. This is from Henry. Dear Bud, Corona, and PBR, Coors Field, Gross. Miller Park. Coors Field, Miller Park, the only stadiums named after beer are awesome for dongs. What's up with that? Uh, I like it. It's an interesting observation. I think, yeah, it makes, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But what about where the Cardinals play? That is also named after mm. beer, like, technically. Yeah. Th- that is. It's uh, named after a family, I guess. Yeah. And Miller's probably named after a family too. Coors. Coors might be also, yeah. Alright, last uh, one. <laughs> Last one here. Uh, dear Alex, Marwin, George, and Josh. I haven't heard you talk much about these guys. Jake Faria, Vince Velasquez, Jake Junis. Who do you want? This is from Kyle, by the way. I almost had Jake Junis among my spring risers. I thought it was just a little too low end. Um, but it, like, if he's a guy who goes out and strikes out eight and six innings his first start, he's probably going to be a high waiver priority for me because he added a second breaking ball this spring, already had a good, uh, called strike tendencies and had a crazy high strikeout rate. I also like the way Faria's really turned things. He's kind of had that Stephen Matz path where awful at the start of spring and then, oh, look, he's great again. And he was pretty good in the majors last year. Uh, absolutely. I'm Faria king out. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm assuming Faria is, is highest on this list. And by the way, yeah. Alex, Marwin, George, and Josh are the potential four-man outfield that A.J. Hinch said he might implement when the Astros use an extreme shift. Would that make Bregman outfield eligible? It just might. I assume you're going to play him at shortstop anyway. Thank you for listening, everybody. Just so you know, my Twitter followers are cool. 71% do not play Fortnite out of 900 respondents thus far. It's a pretty high number. I I mean, if if 20% of America is watching the same show, it's considered a phenomenal number. 30%. Yeah, so this is even higher than that. I think that's a pretty good number. All right. Considering there are many... Like, it's not just TV shows we're talking about. It's all forms of entertainment. Also, Alex Bregman is not going to get outfield eligibility. There is not a fourth official outfield spot on the lineup card. There you go. Okay, I have no idea what Fortnite is. See you later.